guys, it's Heather. This year we're having church each Sunday in July at 10 a.m. If you're not already connected with the House of Light, now is the perfect time to get connected and celebrate Rosh Kadesh. This week's sermon is being conformed to his death with Sergei Golovay. Enjoy this message. Hope you have a wonderful day and uh, uh, get to spend time with family. It's a real honor today to have my friend of 25 years to share the word with us today, Pastor Sergei Golovay. Uh, I met him supernaturally uh, almost 25 years ago now. Uh, he started pastoring his church at 19 years of age. Uh, he immigrated from Ukraine and uh, started a church there in Sacramento, California, and it has exploded. They thrive there. Uh, not only do they uh, minister locally in, in the city of Sacramento, California, but around the world. They're involved in preaching the gospel. They're involved in raising up pastors and leaders, planting churches. They do feeding programs in nations like Armenia. Uh, he was just in our church in uh, Argentina and also partnered with a Russian church there that's interesting. There's only 50 members in the Russian church in Argentina, but they pastor 800 prisoners. And uh, three times a week they're in the prisons, not just visiting teaching the word, baptizing them, filling them with the Holy Spirit, and raising a, an 800-member church of disciples in prison in Argentina. Phenomenal things they're doing around the world. Yeah, that's worth, that's worth a, uh, uh, some praise. And uh, amazingly, he's the uh, young man that walked in the meeting I was preaching in uh, years ago uh, to just a very handful of, uh, full of folks, maybe 15, 20 folks, and invited me to Latvia. That's where his wife's from, who's a worship leader. And I'd never heard of Latvia in my life. And sure enough, he opened the door. I went to Latvia. There was 5,000 Latvians there in that meeting. And the power of the Holy Spirit moved very, very uh, awesomely. And uh, a video of that went throughout the Ukraine. And so now all my preachings throughout that part of the world, the old Soviet Union, this young man opened the door for me to do that. And so we've had a strong relationship over the years. He's a very gifted communicator. I'll just tell you, he blew our minds this morning with the Word of God, and you're in for a treat. So would you just join me and give a warm welcome to Pastor Sergey Gullivay this morning. Oh, come on, give it up to Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. I am, I, am, I am delighted to be here. It's a joy to spend this Father's Day with my friends. As Pastor Ken just pointed out, we go back years and years and years ago. And uh, I got to admit, when we first met, we had lunch shortly after. And he looked me in the eye and said, we are in this for the long run. This is a kingdom connection and I'm like yes whatever that means but obviously we are for the kingdom connection and one thing led to another and it's just amazing I, I appreciate you Pastor Ken and you and your wife and just just the mere fact of being here and it's it's a, it's a it's a blessing happy Father's Day to you and happy Father's Day to each and every one you dads deserve our respect, and we just, we just honor you on this special day. And help me on this special Father's Day to honor the Father, the King of Kings, 
and the Lord of Lords. Would you mind to give him all the praise and all the glory one more time? Now, uh, if you have your Bible, uh, I'll ask you to go with me to Matthew 27. There is a, a little story uh, that goes with it. Um, when I was 13 years of age, I fell sick really bad. And uh, <clears throat> it was pretty much given in that season of my life, my teenage years, that I would, I would be sick at least twice, twice a year. So in this particular case, I am a few days short of my uh, 13th birthday, and I, and, I, and I feel terrible. So I am home alone, and uh, uh, dad is at work. My older brother, I have older brother and younger sister. They gone to school. Mother is, uh, was doing some grocery shopping. And in this condition, laying on my couch, I just reached out to my Bible and, and, and began to read. Now, keep in mind, I was born and grew up in a Christian home, and for that I am grateful, and uh, Bible was not a foreign concept for me whatsoever, so I would read uh, chapter here and chapter there, book here and book there, but in that particular case, in that particular case, I had what I understand now, a supernatural encounter. And it wasn't anything strange. I did not see angel. There wasn't lightning or thunder. There wasn't audible voice. But there was a presence. And out of blue, out of blue, laying on that couch, I was filled with unquenchable desire and passion for the Word of God. Just out of nowhere out of nowhere. And I prayed this little prayer that God would grant me desire to abide in the word, to give me a good memory for the scripture, but for the most part, to understand the spirit of the book. How many of you know that his words are the spirit and life? And sometimes we have people that can quote chapters upon chapters upon chapters and still missing out the spirit of the scripture. That's why when Jesus rose from the dead, he had a meeting with his disciples. When he showed up and began to talk about himself from the scripture, and all of a sudden, as though he just removed some seals off of their mind, and they begin to understand the scripture. They begin to grasp the spirit of it. Are you with me? So since that moment, it was pretty much on a regular basis. I got even too religious with it. I was reading my, my Bible. I was trying to stick to the schedule on a daily, daily basis. So fast forward, this year on Palm Sunday, I am finishing Old Testament. I am reading Malachi 1, 2, 3, and 4. Right before I go to the church service, I had my devotion time reading through Malachi, contemplating about the scripture, getting ready for the church service. 
thinking on the back of my mind. Amazing. Because tomorrow I'm going to move into a New Testament and there are Gospel of Matthew, 28 chapters in the Gospel of Matthew. If I to manage four chapters a day, that's what I'm thinking. I'm going to get it done in one week. Which would mean that next Sunday, Easter Sunday, I will have to go through Matthew 25, 26, 27, and 28. Great, I thought to myself. Because it's going to be Easter Sunday. I'm going to refresh in my memory, in my spirit, the resurrection story. And go to the church service. Ready. Prayed up. And read up. Such a notion as read up. I just made it up. <laughs> but Passion Week at CFC was quite busy. We had a number of things scheduled among them. Good Friday service and a lot of activities. And I kind of cut myself a slack and got behind with my reading schedule. So on Monday, I am catching up. Okay? On Monday, I trying to get back in my reading shape. <laughs> and I'm going through Matthew 27. Now, not to brag about it, but I know Matthew 27, the consequential order of the events. Pretty much familiar with the story, and I know what's going to happen next when I go through Matthew 27 until that Monday. It shook me to the core. Because I go to verse number 50, and it says, And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. So Bible, the author, talks about the death of Christ. He did not fake it. He did not pretend dying. He died. Son of the living God, on the cross of Calvary, almost 2,000 years ago, died. He who knew no sin became sin. He was carrying our guilt, our condemnation. The weight of sin was put on his shoulder. He paid the price. He satisfied the wrath, if you will, of God and the justice of God. He had to do it. There was no way out. On the cross of Calvary, he died. Why am I bringing this up? Because, let's face it, in a Christendom in general especially in a full gospel circles, we've done a great job speaking about the resurrection of Jesus. There is power in his resurrection. And power in his resurrection there is. I am not here to dispute it. My point is that it is as much about death as it is about resurrection. 
ladies and gentlemen, it is as much about death of Jesus as it is about his glorious resurrection. His resurrection was supernatural, so was his death. Look at me, please. All of you. From the back, look at me, please. If it's only about his resurrection, he could have died a completely different death. Now think about it. He spent three and a half years doing good. To heal the sick is doing good. To feel the hungry is doing good. To set free the oppressed is to do good. For three and a, year, three and a half years, he did so much good. Could you pause for a second and think, if Jesus would have lived to be 70 or 75 or 80 years of age, how much more good he could have done? How many more people he could have healed? How many more oppressed he could have delivered? How many more dead he could have raised? If it's only about his glorious resurrection, he could have died of natural causes. But he died and that his death was not typical. His death was not ordinary. His death was as special as was his resurrection. Now, please put something in that scripture. We'll, we'll, we'll get back, I promise. But if you will, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Am I helping anybody? 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse number 23. Paul is writing and he says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus in the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. Now, please pay attention. He says, this particular revelation, what I am about to communicate right now in the next few verses, I did not receive it from apostles. Peter did not tell me about this. James did not communicate me this. I wasn't taught about it in a Bible school. What I am about to share with you I receive it directly from him. I had an encounter with him. He talked to me. He instructed me. He compelled me to write you this. It is as though Paul was taken back in time and he relived the last supper. He saw Jesus in his spirit. When Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to his disciples. And he said, this is my body. 
He saw Jesus taking up a cup, giving thanks, and said, this cup is a new covenant. This is a turning point right now at this point. And then Paul says, as often. Somebody say often. Different churches do it differently, right? Some churches do it on a monthly basis. Some churches do it on a weekly basis. Some churches do it daily. But as often as you do this, do what? As often as you eat this bread, as often as you drink this cup, correct me if I am wrong, but your Bible says, as often as you and I, as often as we do this, we proclaim Exactly, you are not mistaken. You are right on the point. Because every time we eat this bread and drink this cup, we declare his death. Why? Because it is as much about death as it is about resurrection. And in his death, there was, there is, and forever there will be power. And when we get to heaven, we yet to drink a new wine. That's what I read in the Bible. By the way, he said, I won't drink from this wine until the day when all of you gather together. To celebrate once again and proclaim in heavenlies the glorious resurrection and his death. Because with his death, he purchased eternal salvation. With his death, he purchased eternal redemption for you and me and everyone today. Are you with me? So now, Matthew is talking about the way Jesus died. 27.50, he is crying out again. He is crying out with a loud voice. And he is giving up or yielding his spirit. When Jesus died, ladies and gentlemen, five things took place. When Jesus died, five things took place took place. Number one, look at verse 51. So in 50, 27, 50, Matthew 27, 50, Jesus is dying. In Matthew 27, 51, the veil of the temple was torn in two. Please bear in mind, we are not talking about his resurrection. We are talking something that took place when he died. Jesus on the Calvary, yielding his spirit. His earthly journey is done with. And all of the sudden, it was without any human intervention. All of the sudden, the veil that was hanging in temple 
for decades now. Can you imagine how people felt who happened to be in a temple at that point? And the message was and still is. God is spreading his hands. Is opening his arms. Giving an invitation for everyone. Old or young. Black or white, rich or poor, educated, not so much educated, with perfect English or with accent, anyone can come boldly to the throne of grace. No middleman is needed. That is the good news. He paid the price that you and I and all of us can boldly come to his presence without any fear, without any condemnation. And there is a great deal of assurance. You will be accepted. There is no way that, will, that he will say no to you. The Bible says each and every one who comes to him, he cannot cast away. He can. And the Veil is a message on itself. At any given point in your life, under any circumstances, you can approach God. Some Christians are not approachable. But God is. Always was. And always will be. And as he is, so are we. Approachable. You like that? So if you have any veil in your life, please, get rid of it. So number one, veil. Somebody say veil. veil. Say it with loud voice, veil. veil. Can you do it even better, veil? You are amazing. <laughs> Let me ask you. Is it 9 or 11 o'clock service that is more spiritual? <laughs> Being fair and balanced here, huh? Both. Huh? Both. So whale, somebody say once again whale. Whale got turned in half. Number two, when Jesus died on the cross, not only veil was torn in half, but earthquake took place. There was a great deal of shaking to the extent that Arthur considered that necessarily to pin it down. Jerusalem in years past had earthquakes, but nothing like this one. When he died, the earth really shook. It was noticeable to everybody. Number three. Number three. I am still in verse 51. Matthew 27, 51. The earth shook 
and their rocks were split. So torn whale speaks about vertical relationships. Man and God. And Jesus paid the price that my vertical relations, relationships are taken care of. And I have boldness to approach God and assurance that I'll be accepted. But what about split rocks? Split rocks represent hindrances in our horizontal relationships. When you read your Bible, in most cases, rocks, it's a matter of obstacles. Something that prevents you from advancing, from moving forward. And it grieves my heart, and I'm quite sure it grieves the heart of God today that so many of his followers enjoying the benefits of torn veil, and at the same time, they loaded with huge stones, huge rocks. So I'm here to tell you, he died almost 2,000 years ago that rocks of offense. Ooh, you don't have it here in Alabama, huh? Rocks of bitterness. Rocks of pride. Rocks of thinking way too high of ourselves. They can be and they should be split because Jesus died. That's a good news. He is mindful about our vertical relationship as much as he is mindful about our healthy horizontal relationship. And frankly, I think it does a great deal of damage to the gospel we preach when we insist how important to have a healthy vertical relationship, yet we are completely dysfunctional when it comes to our sphere of influence with on horizontal level. Hmm? I know you never encountered them, but in the Wild West, we have quite a few spiritually strong individuals, but they're just mean. <laughs> I mean, really mean. They can pray for hours but they cannot communicate with their own children for five minutes. That's, 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 that's something I cannot understand. A human being can pray in a spirit for hours and cannot communicate normally in his or her natural language for five minutes. The beauty of the power of the gospel, the beauty of the power of his death, that makes it right vertically and it makes it right horizontal. So when you speak, when you work, when you walk, when you play, you represent him the best you can.
and that's the power of his death operating in you and me. Can you say amen? amen. So number one, the veil. Number two, earth shook. Number three, rocks split. Number four, I'm in verse 52. And the graves were opened. Isn't it amazing? Jesus is dying and graves. No, it's not one. I said it earlier and I repeat myself. Christ was not looking for the vacancy. He died on the cross and graves within proximity. And I tend to believe it was many of them. And people could hear pop, 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 all around. It was strange noise. It was unfamiliar sound. And everybody was like, what is this? Oh, graves are opening up. There is nothing like a sound. Whew, Holy Ghost. There is nothing like a sound when someone's grave is opening up. There is nothing like it. And it is made possible through the death of my Savior, Jesus Christ. Now listen, I'm not done. I need a few more minutes. And the graves opened, verse 52, and many, say many. many. We don't know how many, but many. Many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. Please don't make mistake here now. We are talking about his death. So Jesus is dying on the cross. Jesus is yielding up his spirit. His earthly journey is done with. And all of a sudden, something is going on in the temple. The veil was torn in half, in two. The earth shook. The rocks split. Graves open up. And number five, many saints got back to life. He died so you and I can be brought back to life. He died so you and I can have an access to the Heavenly Father. So remember the story? I am catching up with my reading. I'm thinking to myself, I know this. I know the story. I know Matthew 27, 50, and I have no issue with it. Jesus died. I always believed that he died. He never faked it. He never pretended to be dying. He died. I'm reading 27, 51. That's phenomenal. Torn veil is a good news. Earthquake was a sign that he died. Rocks got split. That's awesome. Got to 52. Graves opened up. <laughs> because I under this assumption that 
something happened when he rose from the dead, but we don't pay that much attention about his death. And it is as much about death as it is about resurrection. So when he died, graves opened up. It caught my attention. Oh, graves. Did I read it right? Graves opened up and he died? Yeah, that's 27th chapter. He rose from the dead at 28th, but it's still 27th. Graves open up. That's interesting. And then many saints were brought back to life. That's when he died. So he died, they are brought back. But I could digest that. I didn't have that much issue with Matthew 27, 52. My biggest challenge was Matthew 27, 53. Because I am going through this list and I'm thinking to myself, torn veil, earthquake of a great magnitude, split rocks, open graves, raised saints at the point of his death, but verse 23 says, let's read together. And coming out of the graves. Did you catch that? No, you have not. Look at me. From the back to the front. From the right to the left. Look at me. Because I was as perplexed as you are right now. Torn whale, earthquake of a great magnitude, split rocks, open graves, raised saints when he died. But they left their graves only when he rose from the dead. And your Bible says that he rose from the dead on the third day. So my question is, hey, you saints, what you've been doing in your graves for the last three days? What was holding you? Who got the keys? What's wrong with this scripture? I'm asking myself, sitting on that couch, have I read it right? Yes. He died. They rose from the dead, but they remained in their graves for three more days. To be theologically sound, because theology is a big deal, right? They could not get out earlier than he did. Because Jesus is supposed to have a preeminence in all things. But that scripture ministered to me a great deal of truth. And I thought to myself, isn't it amazing 
that so many of his followers today been raised from their dead works, welcomed into the kingdom of light, pulled from the kingdom of darkness, being born again and sealed with the precious Holy Spirit. Nice Christians. On a weekly basis, in most cases, they come to the church to worship Him. Yet for some unknown for me reason or reasons still remain in their graves. So I guess what I'm trying to convey is if power of his death is enough to bring you back to life, it's supposed to be enough to get you out of your grave. The same Christ who brought you back to life has the same power to get you out of your grave. Is there any grave or graves in your life? Being born again, being reconciled with God, yet still in emotional turmoil. Being born again, reconciled with God, still struggling in your soul. Still dysfunctional in your relationships. Still experience setbacks here and there. The good news is the same Christ who died on the cross 2,000 years ago and brought you back to life is powerful enough to open your grave so today you would kiss it goodbye and say whom the Son set free is free indeed. Somebody help me to praise Him. Somebody help me to praise Him. I'm almost done. Sit down. Just a few more minutes and I'm done. That's why. Remember when we started. It is as much about His death as it is about His resurrection. There is power. Still is. In His death. Philippians 3.8. Familiar scripture. Paul is saying. Yet indeed. Verse number 8. I also count all things lost. For the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus. My Lord. For whom I have suffered the cost. The loss I am sorry. Of all things. And count them as a rubbish. That I may gain Christ. Skip verse number 9. Go to 10. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being conformed to his death. You see, we are focusing people in a direction of the power of his resurrection and important as it is, I am not here to diminish the power of his resurrection. I'm here to say, Paul is stating, as much as I am pursuing to know the power of his resurrection, this is the aim of my life. This is something that I am chasing, 
wholeheartedly to be conformed to his death. I know about you, but what I read between the lines, he says, I'm inviting Matthew 27, 50 in my life. I am inviting Matthew 27, 51. I am inviting Matthew 27, 52. And definitely, I am inviting Matthew 27, 53. I want to be conformed to his death. Can you last one more scripture? Awesome. And I'm done. I promise. Second Corinthians 4, 10. N-I-V. Never incorrect version. <laughs> Second Corinthians 4.10. We always. Can you scream from the top of your lungs always? Always. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus. So that the life of Christ may also be revealed in our body. Basically, what he is saying, it's quite impossible for the life of Christ to manifest completely in us unless we are willing first to carry around the death of Jesus. Stand to your feet. Before I let you go, ponder on this. We are the only people. Followers of Jesus are the only people who are still boasting about the death of our leader. Think about it. Have you heard any representatives of different religions talking about the death of those whom they follow? We are not ashamed to say that he died. He died a painful death. He suffered a great deal on the cross. He died. It wasn't ordinary. It was extraordinary death. And when he died, power was released. And the good news of the gospel is that he died according to the scripture. And he rose from the dead according to the scripture. He is not dead. He liveth in you and me. And today he says, if there is any grave that you are still holding on to, just let it go. I want and I encourage each and every one. Can I say this? I want you to give your heavenly father the best Father's Day today by kissing goodbye your grave. Just saying boldly, I'm leaving it behind. 
you're not gonna hold me hostage I'm gonna walk in the newness of life manifesting Christ every step of the way in Jesus name every head bowed every eye closed Father I thank you for this phenomenal phenomenal group of people I thank you for your presence for the precious Holy Spirit for the power of God that removes the burden destroys the yoke and we embrace Matthew 27 53 and we apply it to our lives right now getting hold of the power of your death this is what we are living for to be conformed to your death so today this is our prayer and I do pray for each and every one under the sound of my voice as we are about to dismiss this service any grave that your precious people can end up being in let the gate be open let the bandage be broken let the captivity be decimated let the freedom reign let hope arise let your people aspire to serve you with more zeal and passion without any graves in their lives but spirit soul and body completely whole and completely restored and I declare it in the name of Jesus we give you praise for what you've done and we are giving you praise for what you're about to do in the matchless name of Christ and everyone in agreement say amen, amen. say amen one more time amen. say amen one more time amen. turn to a few people around you and tell them today is my day I am kissing my grave goodbye it's a new season of my life I embrace it and I'm gonna run the race in the name of my Savior Amen. You got a song? Wow. Wow. Let Sergey know how much you enjoyed that word today. Isn't it interesting concept that death can be working in us? That the power of death working in us. And so, Father, we just thank you for this word that encourages us 
that even in the times of our disappointment, even in the times when our prayers aren't getting answered, even in the times when we've lost loved ones who we didn't think we were supposed to lose, and when everything was going opposite of what we thought was happening, actually you were working in us still, even with death. But we also thank you that whatever we've tasted of death, on the other side of every taste of death, there is a resurrection coming to our lives. And so, Father, we thank you that as we have to embrace seasons of death, there's also seasons of resurrection coming on the other sides of our lives. And so, Father, we today we do remember your death, and we thank you for this word that puts us back in that memory again, that, that place knowing that your death released your power in our lives to now take up our crosses and follow you fully. And so, Father, today we thank you for that. We praise you for it, and we honor you for it. We let that word soak deep down into our spirits and our souls, and we receive it with gladness in Jesus' name. And everybody in agreement said amen. Listen up. On the way out today, if you need prayer, if you need ministry, the prayer room's open on the ride on the way, on the way out. Please join us for a few moments for some fellowship and the connection if you can. We bless you coming in. Now we bless you going out. Happy Father's Day. Be blessed, and we'll see you next week. I hope you enjoyed this message. For more content like this, please visit wordalive.tv or download the Wayo app. If you're ready for your next step, jump into Freedom Track anytime. Have a great week.